Nancy Miller and welcome to My Creative Life and this is my weekly podcast and today I'm interviewing um, a good friend of mine, Kristen Lynette. Um, She is a very talented, awesome author, writer, poet. She does it all when it comes to any kind of writing. I'm always amazed by what she does with the written word. So Kristen, do you want to say hello? Hello. (laughs) So good to talk to you. Yes, thank you for joining us. So, so I'm going to interview to Kristen today and talk about her creative um, process as a writer because I think that's very fascinating. It's something that I am very weak at. So um, when I met Kristen years and years ago, I was just fascinated that she was so amazing at taking words and putting them together um, so artfully. So Kristen, can you tell us a little about, about yourself and your creative talents? Yeah, um, well, I was born in Upper Minnesota, um, in the back of beyond. <laughs> uh, grew up in Wyoming and then uh, moved to Idaho, spent a few years there. So I, I'm a country girl at heart, I'll admit it, even though I live in Chicago now. Uh, I've been writing, actually, since the third grade, um, but I love to take photographs, anything to do with nature, and I also do a bit of work with my hands. I, I uh, do cross-stitch. And I feel that all of these allow my mind to enjoy a bit of that self-therapy that I need. And that's when I'm actually, I find that I'm at my happiest. That's awesome. And I always forget, yeah, the beautiful cross-stitching you do, your photography work, which you shared with me as well. Can you remind me how we met? Because it was so many years ago. I remember we were in high school. And I'm trying to remember, was it our mutual friend introduced us? I'm I'm trying to remember... (laughs) You know, it, it is hard to remember. You know, I was the new kid at school, junior year of high school, um, was having a bit of trouble fitting in, coming into such a huge school after the small one I, I was at in Wyoming. And I uh, somehow I remember meeting you and several of your friends that you'd had for a long time in the hallway. I don't know. That's like a memory that sticks out. But I just know that it was junior year high school. And the next thing I know, uh, it's been uh, 30 years or so. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I know. Where does the time go? (laughs) And I just, I remember, like, going to your house. We would hang out. Mm -hmm. We were interested in Mm -hmm. some of the same things, like comic books. And uh, your mom, she's such a sweetheart. And your dad was super nice and stuff like that. So, yeah, I just remember that was a lot of fun. And I'm so glad that we, we stayed in touch all these years. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. So I wanted to um, get a little bit more information. You said you really started enjoying writing in about third grade. Can you tell us a little bit about that first experience with the writing in third sure. grade? Um, yeah, it was at uh, our schools, um, elementary, junior high, and high school. It was in Wyoming. They every year had a young authors contest and encouraged everyone to participate. Um, and you were basically graded against or scored against those that were in your own grade. And my mom would often help me make the little cover. So we'd make a a fun cover. And, uh, first year I did it, I got first place. Nice. And so I just made sure that every year after that I entered. Nice. Um, Yeah. And it was actually during my freshman year of high school the story I wrote won first place against um, those in my school. So from there it went to state. And at state I um, competed against all those other freshmen and got second place. So that was like one of the highest achievements I'd had up to that point with my writing. So um, that was a, a memory that I will cherish. So That's awesome. That's I, 
I didn't know that. I really, you never mentioned that all these years ago, that you've been racking in their awards there, you know, with your writing and stuff, which is really cool. Because I could always tell, like, the when I first read some of your writing, I was like, she's a writer. I mean, this is good. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh. And she's, like, in high school. And, I mean, like, when you think about people's, uh, you know, up until that point when you're in high school, you really haven't had a lot of life experiences. Right, but right. I felt like with your writing, you really captured, like... I don't know, up to that point, putting the heart and the soul in your writing, like, you know, how you did that with your written word. I always thought that was really cool. And I mean, you made it so eloquent. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I know after I'd met you in junior year, um, I have a fond memory of, of my English teacher there who had given us an assignment to write a poem. And I, I told him, I said, I don't write poetry. And he laughed and said, it, I still had to do it anyway, whether I liked it or not. <laughs> so um, night before it was due, because that seems to be when I do my best work, is when I have that timeline and it is needed ASAP. Um, I wrote a letter poem for my for my father that you know of. Um, and uh, it, it covered how special he was to me as being a Vietnam vet and then just my dad as well. But that actually um, went into a competition, I don't remember how, but between our high school and another high school, and I actually won first place with that. And he caught me in the hallway and said, Martinette, that was my maiden name, I thought you didn't write poetry. So that's another memory that sticks in my head that's, that's a fond memory that I have. So. Yeah. Oh, and then um, talk about in your the anthology, Girls, um, yes, girls yes. Don't so rest. Then, you know, skip forward well, several years. <laughs> um, you actually um, gave me a great link to a contest that you had seen that was for an anthology of steampunk writing um, about strong girls and women. And I thought, well, maybe I should give it a shot. I haven't done anything for a while. The idea really fascinated me. I enjoy the steampunk world. Um, so yeah, I, I got something put together and I entered it and thought, well, we'll just see what happens. And, and they did accept me. They accepted me as, as, as one of the contributors. And I think they only chose, I think there were seven of us. Yeah. So, um, and it was actually printed in a book. So that was extremely exciting to finally see my word, my words printed in a, in a book that someone could buy. <laughs> yeah. So. I Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really well done. I love the cover illustration on it and just, yeah, really beautiful story that you wrote for that. Thank you. And can you tell us a little bit, like, you know, as a writer, I'm sure there's books that you are just, you know, inspired. Like, what are you reading right now? Or, you know, as far as what types of books do you enjoy reading? Yeah, um, I have an eclectic taste, to say the least. Um, you know, when I was younger, it was lots of vampire Anne Rice. It was Stephen King. It was fantasy with Terry Brooks. Um, Dean Koontz was a huge favorite of mine, and he still is a fave. Um, but as I've gotten older, and with the advent of the Kindle, which at first I cursed, but <laughs> now I'm actually thankful for, um, you know, I still love the good horror books, um, but I've grown really fond of police procedurals. And I read Stuart McBride, who's a Scottish writer, and, and Joe Nesbo, who is um, Norwegian. And I love... I love the settings. I love what they do with words. I, I sometimes just devour their books to try and see what are they doing that I can do, you know, that makes me keep turning those pages. Um, so with, with eBooks now, um, it's great because the world is blown wide open to what I can read. 
I read some really great zombie stuff, apocalyptic stories. Um, It's, you know, it's what makes it different is it's not just one book, but you might get seven or eight, right? They're, Mm -hmm. they're like a series, which is, which is a lot of fun. They really develop their characters and the story itself. So that, that's what I'm into right now. Gotcha. Do you have any writers that you, you know, you've been inspired by with your writing? Yeah, I think Dean Koontz was one of the first ones that really inspired me. Um, and then as of late and over the years, Lincoln Child and Douglas Preston, who um, they write a series of books with an agent Pendergast. Um, their books and their writing, it's, it's being a duo, again, is just amazing. And even the, the books that they write on their own inspire me. And I'm always trying to figure out, you know, how can I get better like these guys? Um, and there's also a gentleman who writes um, the series of books on the Kindles, K.R. Griffith. Hmm. He's got some great zombie horror survival stuff that it's fast paced, but you, you feel like you get to care about the characters. Yeah. So there's been some new ones that I found that really inspire me and want to make me write better. Oh, yeah. Duh. Yeah, I gotcha. I see that with visual arts. You know, you see something and it might be on Instagram. I don't know. I find it everywhere on the Internet, whatever, or I'm in a museum or randomly mm-hmm. just looking at stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. How can I use that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, because you're kind of in the same situation where, you know, you have a full-time job, you have mm-hmm. home, life in general, and then you, mm-hmm. you're trying to be a creative. How, how have you, you know, what have been the challenges from balancing that kind of, you know, the writing? And um, also, mm-hmm. I know you're also a member of the DAR that you do. I mean, how do you balance all that and still, you know, make time for your writing? Yeah, no, it's it's a good question. It's gotten a little bit more difficult over the years. Um, I have an extremely long um, work commute, although I try and use that to let the brain work on ideas. Um, but yeah, by the time I get home, sometimes I am tired mentally just from the work that I've done all day. Um, and I also uh, suffer from chronic pain, which can also tamper the or you know temper down sometimes my my creative my creative juices um but what i do is i i've just found that um working out now the where i work has a great gym and although it's not one of my favorite things to do (laughs) i have found that it's actually given me that little bit of energy that i need for when i come home i actually am feeling like i've got that little bit of a spark to Mm -hmm. sit down and actually do some writing do some creative work uh, whether it's for, like you mentioned, I'm in Daughters of the American Revolution. So whether it's doing something creative for our Facebook page or for the chapter. Um, so it's actually, I feel like I'm kind of on an upswing with that now. Because you're right, it is hard with, with work and, and just your everyday life, right? And all the things that have to be done in your home. To then find that time where you can sit and actually feel creative. And, you know, want to, you know, pour ideas out onto the page. But I think finding that quiet space for myself, sometimes getting outside um, for me, even mm-hmm. if it's in my backyard with just the sound of the wind in the trees, that sometimes I'll find it sort of invigorates me as well and gets the juices flowing. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, yeah just having that peace when you're mm-hmm. not being demanded of everybody exactly. and everything exactly. in the world and your brain can just like calm down. Um, so, um, what's something that you do to keep motivated with your writing? Um, 
I find that I do my best when I'm really motivated is when I have a deadline on a particular project <laughs> yeah. um, that I'm forced to, to really think on. That seems to be the best trick. Um, but what keeps me motivated now is continuing to read. I read a lot. Um, I also have some self-help books for writing. Mm. So they have, um, you know, little things that you can practice. Um, things to just might be even just, even if it's just a couple sentences a night, anything to keep myself doing it, no matter how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that works really well. Just having those, those little pieces that try and inspire you and get you to write something. So that's what I do right now. Gotcha. So, um, what do you, can you share with us a little bit, anything you're currently working on for your writing? Well, I've got a couple things that I am working on. I'd like to say that I'm further along on them than I than I am. Um, you know, I've got something that's that's been going around and that I and that I've been writing that has a bit uh, again carrying on from my my steampunk story, but set in sort of a steampunk type world. It's got that feel um, with it with a again a, a strong female character. So right now it's just trying to figure out where I, where I want that world to go. What mm -hmm. I want, you know my um heroine to have to deal with you know oh sure um, you know what's the problem what's the issue right what are we working towards so um i i feel like i've got a good grasp on, on where it is and what it looks like and now it's just like actually building on that gotcha yeah yes yeah because i always tell you like when you were in i think it was in high school and you shared some of your writing and it was like whole vampire genre but you were yes. the way you were doing it it always I was like, oh my gosh, my friend Kristen had like the whole Twilight series. Like she would have been Stephanie Myers. She would have just, you know, like I always felt like, oh my gosh, totally. Cause I was like, I, I think you only had a chapter sample or something, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is really good. And it was kind of like, you know, that kind of vibe you get from that. And I mean, my gosh, we were, we were teenagers. I we're know, way I older. Know, thank you. We're way older than some of the, like, Stephanie Myers and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, my gosh, the millions you could have had. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> so um, can you tell us about where your favorite place to get inspiration is for writing? Uh, my favorite place is really out in nature, I got to be honest. Um and one of my best experiences for that was going to a writing camp in Wyoming when I was a mm. freshman. But I find that whether I'm camping or just going on a weekend drive, anywhere where I feel like I'm away from the human side of things <laughs> and there's not so many people, yeah. um, that's where I seem to get the most of my inspiration. I also get a lot of inspiration, though, from the weather. Okay. Um, I'm, I love thunderstorms, and this is my favorite time of year coming up, so I'm really hoping uh, that it maybe will help jumpstart some of the, you know, some of the yeah. ideas that I know are spinning around in my head, because when those clouds move in and the, and the thunder and lightning starts, um, that's a huge inspiration for me, that, and even in the winter, as winter comes on, those, those first snows and the dark skies, and so, yeah, I have to say it's, it's rather interesting, but weather has always inspired me as well. Oh, gotcha. That's great. Okay, so can you tell us what is the most indispensable item that you use for your writing? Mm-hmm. A thesaurus. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> A thesaurus. Oh, okay. Yes. Can you tell us why? Yes. Um, that really is. the. That really is, especially as of late, that is something that is indispensable to me and my computer. 
because unfortunately, unlike I did in high school, before the advent of everyone having computers, I wrote everything by hand for the most part, unless I was typing it out on my old brother uh, typewriter. Um, So the, obviously my laptop and a thesaurus are the two things I must have. (laughs) Gotcha. You know, and people probably, most people don't, like my students would not remember like an electric typewriter like that would blow their mind I told them the other day like I remember when modems were dial up and we had that sound and every time you did and they just kind of laughed at me because they're they're so removed from like you know yeah. you you're mm-hmm. so like it's so funny because they said that one of the worst things that happen is when the uh, wi-fi goes or the internet's down and I'm thinking like oh boy you had to live in my generation things would be pretty right. sad pretty boring <laughs> So, <laughs> exactly. So my last question for you, it's one of those deep questions. And I stole this. I always say I stole this off of Lewis Howie's. He's like a, um, oh gosh, he's an athlete or former athlete. Now he does a lot of motivational um, writing and talking. He has a podcast, um, The School of Greatness. And I started listening to all his podcasts because he has a lot of creative people on there. And he always asks at the end of the interview, and it goes at the end of your life. You've made, you know, you've done all the writing that you've wanted to, and you've lived a full life. If there could be nothing left behind of your existence, if all the books and the poems were gone, but you left a note written with three final truths, what would those truths be? Yeah, I thought this was a really interesting question. I've never heard this one, and I think it really makes you kind of dig deep and think. Um, I, the first truth that that popped into my head was that time is a great equalizer Mm -hmm. and to never allow yourself to feel inferior to anyone, check them out in 25 to 30 years. (laughs) Um, I think it's something that, and and it's probably something we all deal with when we're younger, but it's something that I've seen as I've grown older that, wow. um, Yeah. All the things that I thought were so important in high school or all the things that I thought mattered, you get older in your thirties and forties. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, yeah, if only I could have known then what I know now. Um, that was definitely my first one. My second one, my second truth is to take time to enjoy nature, visit national parks, go where there are no people, sit and yeah. reflect, go to a beach. Just, you know, it does so much for the soul. I think that it's refreshes the soul. It recharges you. I think it, you know, gets you back to that place that you know, that we're probably meant to be, that we're not at very often anymore with our crazy lives. Yes. That's um, so true. So yeah, true. Yeah. Because I feel um, like there's so many demands on our time that, you know, that little box, our cell phones, mm-hmm. our smartphones, you yeah. can't have, you know, it's like an excuse now that you work 24-7 because somebody's mm-hmm. shooting you an email, somebody's sending you a message, and you're mm-hmm. like, it never stops. There's a ding, there's a little sound going off that you've got to, yep. and, and sometimes I go like, it's almost addictive in a way because it's nice to feel that you're needed, but at the same time you go like, I just, I just don't want to be bothered. Why can't I just yes. have that time not mm-hmm. to be bothered? And like, my time is my own time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that a lot. It is, it is true. You, you get used to those dings and every once in a while I will say that to myself. Don't, don't look at it. Just leave it be. But oh, that curiosity gets at you <laughs> and you just have to look and see who needs what. <laughs> um, my truth number three I had something different here, and then I really thought about it, and I think that this is actually more important 
And that is to know that those you love and care about most are a lot more important than any job or any money, that our time is limited and that you have mm -hmm. to take advantage of that while you can. Yeah, I wish I'd had more time with my grandfather. I wish okay. he'd lived until... Um, I wish he'd lived a little bit. He passed away when I was 19. I wish he'd lived longer to where I felt like more of an adult where I could have talked with him as an adult, you know, mm -hmm. to have had known him as, as an adult person to person instead of grandpa and, and, and child. Um, and then living far away from my family, as you do, you know mm -hmm. this, um, those as we've gotten older, I thought those times where you actually can spend with them are very precious. So I think that's something that I was definitely a, a truth <laughs> that's true and you know i don't mean to diss on my siblings because i got two sisters yeah. and i like them so much better now that i'm an adult it's like a total <laughs> different vibe it's like mm -hmm. like you said it's like time is an equalizer and when i used to think my sisters were just like oh they're so not worth my time there's this mm -hmm. age gap they don't understand mm -hmm. they're they're not mature you know and then you go like they're actually cool people. They're actually interesting yeah. to talk to. We now have um, kind of similar life paths. And don't you, do you mm -hmm. find that too as well? Because you have a sister too, so. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's, it's kind of weird. And, and, you know, my sister and I, you know, we live really far apart and, and didn't see each other for a long time. But it is funny how we find that, yeah, we are on similar paths. And now when we talk, we have such a great time. And and it is different. It's like, wow, my sister's not like, you know, the little 15-year-old anymore that's irritating me and, and bothering me. But she's an adult, and we're actually able to kind of share our life experiences with work and home or whatever. And, you know, you know find the humor in whatever's going on. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it is. It's, um, it's really wild. <laughs> yeah, I know. I never thought I'd see the day. And then I was I like, know, oh. me neither. <laughs> and I actually miss them. I was like, oh, I really wish I'd live closer. I'd watch their kids. I'd do things with them and stuff. But yeah, it's so true. I, I really enjoyed hearing those truths. I think there's, um, I mean, I, I feel like I can relate to what you're saying. And it's mm -hmm. like things that, um, yeah, I just really like asking that question because you get some interesting answers. Yeah, I bet. I bet you do. So. It's, a, it's a good question. But uh, thank you so much for um, appearing on my fourth podcast. It's number Excellent. four. And <laughs> hopefully um, I'll be able to continue doing this and get more creatives to come on and speak. But um, I'm one of your biggest fans, Kristen. I think you're an amazing well, writer. And, and I hope you continue to write and um, from from your heart because it's all beautiful. I just think it's you're just very talented. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening in on My Creative Life, and I'll see you guys, or you'll hear from me next week. Thank you.